heart is beating faster in my chest As I sing of where my loyalties will rest To never wait on the governments to move As the Well kids, it is Wednesday, kind of Passion Week. You know, up to this point in my life, I didn't realize there was actually a name for the week between uh, Palm Sunday and, and Easter Sunday. I didn't, I didn't know it was Passion Week. I thought it was called Holy Week for a while, but... Well, anyways, we're in the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. I had to go to Target because one of you broke uh, one of your headphones. And I also wanted to get some, uh, some coffee. But headphones first. So now I'm heading back to the office. Ah, yeah, voice scratch. Last night we had a lot of fun. We all got, you guys all got showered and bathed and got pajamas and shoes on. We got in the car and we drove around our town and we removed a bunch of plastic flamingos from one house and put them on another house as a type of fundraiser for the school. I think you have to pay to have them removed or something. I don't know, I've never dealt with something like this. This is like, this is like upper class type fundraising stuff. Back when I was in school, um, sorry for the noise, we did not do fundraisers like this. I don't think we did fundraisers. Anyways, you guys loved it, and uh, you guys were, all four of you were like so excited and running and jumping, it was really cute, I really liked it. Then we went home, and you guys read a little bit, and then you, refused to go to sleep. Surprise, surprise. So, pretty sure we had a blow-off last night. And eventually, you guys went to bed. Uh, it wasn't... The night ended kind of badly, but it's okay. So, I'm driving back. We're going to get into Leviticus. Uh, it's been a couple days since I read it, but we're going to get into a lot of different rules now. Before, it was about... You know, one through seven, yeah, nine, okay, I know where we're at. One through seven was about offerings, burnt offerings, and types of offerings. Guilt, wave, sin, um, all those different types of offerings. Then uh, eight through ten we talked about um, the ordination of the whole high priest, Aaron and his sons. And, and it wasn't just, well, they call it a consecration. Basically, it's a ceremony to make the high priest clean before they go into the presence of God to prevent them from dying. <laughs> you imagine that? You imagine if, if we still had that today? We had to like do certain ceremonies before we could go to the presence of God or we would die. I think our faith would be a lot stronger. Uh, I'd like to think that. Although, we're eventually going to get into the history of the Israelites, so that, that isn't exactly the case. But... So we'll, we'll read a bunch of different rules, and, and again, and I, I can't stress this enough, these are rules put in place by God, because in this time in history, God is literally dwelling among humans, his chosen people. And I think God chose these people, not because they're the strongest, they're actually enslaved. I think because it's such a testimony to their power and their rule over the world at this time that that other people looking in, other kingdoms, 
couldn't not believe that God existed. That's just what I think, okay? But, you know, my dad told me a story that my dad is, he was, he's obsessed with uh, Israel and their military, and my dad was in the military, and and he talks about how, I think it was in West Point or Annapolis, and I, I haven't confirmed this, but it's something he was told. He was in the military, so I'm not going to question it. You know, now we have Google, we can question everything, but it's not about questioning, it's about hearing. It's about understanding and, and respecting your elders, okay? So my dad said that in, these, in, our, in the United States military academies, they study ancient wars and ancient warfare to learn from it. But the one, one group of people they don't learn from are the Israelites and their wars because they made no sense at all. Because they just defeated their enemies. And uh, I can't wait to get into them. You know, I can't wait to get into Samuel, you know, first and second, and, and Chronicles. Oh, I love Chronicles. Judges, too. So, just heading, just almost at the office right now. I get excited about the Israelites, too. I guess I get that from my dad. Read a bunch of books about the Six-Day War between Israel and Egypt. And it just, I mean, it's exciting because these are God's people. He chose them. So, I, I read this book series called uh, Day of War by an uh, author. His name's Clifford Graham. He's a military expert in like military and ancient warfare and he it's like it's a fictional account of David King David and his mighty men and it follows scripture and it, it's just it's amazing I, I'll have to read it again I was thinking about reading it to you kids but I went online the other day and I was looking up books to read your kids you know classical books and I think I'm I'm gonna I want to start reading King Arthur and his and his knights to you guys. It's never too soon to learn chivalry and honor, duty, respect. These are found in this in this book. Maybe I'll read some more. I may even read it here if I finish the Bible. I may read that book, but I'm kind of leaning towards reading uh, uh, a few others. I'd love to read Dune to you guys, but. but We'll see. We'll see. So, hope you guys are doing okay. You know, it's a, it's a heck of a gift to have to have this. I uh, I don't have a lot of video footage of my mom when she died 20 years ago. I think I one time I stumbled upon a, an answering machine message that was back then answering machines. You you'd record it over something called a cassette tape. They don't do that anymore because everybody's got cell phones. But it, uh, it floored me to hear her voice. So. I also started a Twitter account for this podcast, which I'm not going to reveal. You'll end up finding it one day. But I, you know, I just leave tweets, nothing political, just scripture based. And uh, anyways, about if you hear the. Uh, turn signal. It was really loud, one of the other podcasts I was I recorded. I felt kind of bad. It was on for a while. You can tell that I'm getting older. Did not notice it. I'm about to turn my office. I'm going to do some work, and then uh, I may drive around with some music. Then uh, we're going to get into Leviticus. Leviticus 11 through. 
through maybe 16. Well, interesting laws we're going to be covering today. I think it's uh, talking about childbirth and how a woman gets clean afterwards. Back then, they didn't have doctors. They didn't have antibiotics. And so the priests, I think, were also doctors in a way. So they were they took cleanliness very seriously because any infection would lead to death. So there's a cultural mindset, a cultural time and place that where this takes. So you know there's a lot of cleanliness, and some of it's ceremonial cleanliness, and other times it's not. You know the leprosy is throughout the all throughout the Bible is like a terrifying disease, and. Uh, it's also terrifying then, too, I believe. So, anyways. I'll be back in a little bit. Let's see, how long did I talk to you guys for? Nine minutes, not bad, not bad. See you guys in a second. And I'm back. Instantly, although a few hours have passed. Did some work in my office, some busy work. I wrote a threatening letter to a lawyer. Those are always really fun, by the way. Uh, the amount of writing I do all day, I'd say 98% of it is boring. And about 2% is exciting. You know, writing a letter saying, hey, you're doing something wrong, stop. It's, it's fun. You know, when I went to law school, and I'm sure you already know this, but I did it to see if I could do it. And, uh, you know, my first year of law school, I really didn't like any of my classmates. Like maybe two or three at most, um, and and, I'm, and we're still friends to this day, except for one. One sadly passed away of leukemia when he was working as a public defender in Guam. That was actually it was actually really heartbreaking for me. He was he was a good guy. I uh, I um, befriended him when I was a mock judge in something called. Um, appellate advocacy. It's where they teach you how to pretty much argue in front of a group of judges. And they give you the certain cases, they gave you arguments on one side or the other, and, and you know, I, I act like a mean judge and say, what about this or that? And, you know, go off on them. And one of the kids there, I hate to say kid, but he was a kid to me, you know, was really, um, what was it? Animated. He was very passionate, even about this silly class. And so I gave him my card when I was a public defender. I said, hey, you know, give me a call. Um, we would love, you know, I, I could get you a job as like a intern or something. And, and you know, six months later, he, you know, he shot me an email and said, hey, I'm interested. So I got him a, I got him the interview. He got himself the job. I, I can't stand it when people say, oh, I got him a job, you know. Well, you know, one day I'm going to pull some strings to get you guys interviews. But it, it's all up to you to get the job, not me. So, he got the job as an intern, did great, became a lawyer, was promised a job in the public defender's office I was at. They did not hire him. One of the many reasons I, I left that job, the lack of integrity, which your integrity should be unquestioned in this, in this line of work. So anyways, he was one of my friends. Um, we actually even had a podcast together. We had like, we recorded 12 episodes. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. But... So anyways, I'm leaving the office. I'm heading to the bank to put some checks in, which will go in and then straight out of my account to the Internal Revenue Service because it's 
coming close to tax time. And uh, I used to be angry about taxes. Like, oh, I can't believe they're taking that. But, you know, I'm, I'm in a very safe country. The streets I'm driving on are pretty smooth. Police are, are uh, really great. There's so many things provided to me through my tax dollars that I, I've learned to actually appreciate paying them. So anyways, I'm just rambling, just hearing from your dad, I feel like Jack Burton from the movie uh, Big Trouble in Little China, it's a classic movie, which came out when I was like a little kid, look it up, it's hilarious, it is not politically correct, usually things that are hilarious aren't anyways, so I'm going to put some checks in, then I'm going to drive probably to, there's, there's a there's a ferry terminal where I live. I think I'll drive around there and read some. Read some, maybe expand my thoughts on some of the stuff I'm reading. I don't know. Lately I've been listening to a lot of Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. This is great. <coughs> ah, good Lord. A lot of Gordon Lightfoot lately. And then some Neil Diamond. Just bought a book by, where is it, it's a Calvinist, or Lutheran theologian by the name of, sorry, truck is really loud, I think his name is Johan, what is it, I get all excited about things, then I'll like buy them, which is the problem your mom says I have, and she she's not wrong, let me look at these, my orders, should not be doing this while I'm driving, um, again, with that turn signal, loud, it is a few books by, who is this guy? Johan Gerhard. So I, I uh, bought a few of his books. He was a theologian in the 16th century. 16th or 17th century, and he, uh, he's one of the top theologians in Lutheranism, which I don't particularly exactly know what Lutheranism is, besides following Martin Luther's teachings, I don't know, but I'm going to read it, I'm excited about that, I'm excited, I get excited about things, but then I realize I don't really don't have the time to, to read them, so this will be interesting, so... Here I am again, about to park, put some checks in, and then I'm, I don't know, I'll eventually get to the reading. What are we going to do when I finish this Bible? That's another thing I want to know. Anyways. Be right back. Alright. Leviticus 11 clean and unclean animals. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, These are the living things that you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Whatever parts the hoof and is or say, whatever parts the hoof and is cloven footed and chews the cud among the animals you may eat. Nevertheless, among those that chew the cud or part of the hoof, you shall not eat these. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof. 
is unclean to you. And the rock badger, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the hare, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the pig, because it parts the hoof and is cloven-footed but does not chew the cud, it is unclean to you. You shall not eat any of their flesh, and you shall not touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. These you may eat of all that are in the waters. Everything in the waters that has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the rivers, you may eat. But anything in the seas or the rivers that does not have fins or scales of the swarming creatures in the waters and of the living creatures that are in the waters is detestable to you. You shall regard them as detestable. You shall not eat any of their flesh. You shall detest their carcasses. Everything in the waters that does not have fins and scales is detestable to you. It's getting kind of warm in this. I'm going to open up a window. And these you shall detest among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are detestable. The eagle, the bearded vulture, and the black vulture, the kite, the falcon of any kind, every raven of any kind, the ostrich, the nighthawk, the seagull, the hawk of any kind, the little owl, the cormorant, the short-eared owl, the barn owl, the tawny owl, the carrion vulture, the stork, the heron of any kind, the hopo, hoopo, and the bat. Interesting, because those are all, uh, I think those are all birds of prey. Uh, Or scavenger. All winged insects that go on all fours are detestable to you. Yet among the winged insects that go on all fours, you may eat those that have joined legs above their feet, which to hop on the ground. Of them you may eat the locust of any kind, the bald locust of any kind, the cricket of any kind, and the grasshopper of any kind. But all other winged insects that have four feet are detestable to you. And by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries any part of their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every animal that parts the hoof but is not cloven-footed or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean. And all that walk on their paws among the animals that go on all fours are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And who carries their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. And these are unclean to you among the swarming things that swarm on the ground. The mole rat, the, the mole rat, the mouse, the great lizard of any kind, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are unclean to you among all the swarm, all that swarm. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until the evening. And anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is an article of wood or a garment or a skin, or a sack, any article that is used for any purpose. It must be put into the water, and it shall be unclean until the evening. Then it shall be clean, and if any of them falls into any earthenware vessel, all that is in it shall be unclean to you, shall break it, and you shall break it. Any food in it that could be eaten, on which water comes, shall be unclean, and all drink that could be drunk from every such vessel shall be unclean, and everything on which any part of their carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether oven or stove, it shall be broken in pieces. They are unclean and shall remain unclean for you. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern holding water shall be clean, but whoever touches a carcass in them shall be unclean. And if any part of their carcass falls upon any seed grain that is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed and any part of their carcass falls on it, it is unclean to you. 
And if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever touches its carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever eats of its carcass shall wash its clothes and be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every swarming thing that swarms on the ground is detestable. It shall not be eaten. Whatever goes on its belly, and whatever goes on all fours, or whatever has many feet, any swarming thing that swarms on the ground, you shall not eat, for they are detestable. You shall not make yourselves detestable with any swarming thing that swarms, and you shall not defile yourselves with them, and become unclean through them. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground, for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law about beast and bird and every living creature that moves through the waters and every creature that swarms on the ground, to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean and between the living creature that may be eaten and living creature that may not be eaten. Chapter 12. Purification after childbirth. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as at that time of her menstruation she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she shall continue for thirty-three days in the blood of uh, her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy, nor come into the sanctuary, until the days of her purifying are completed. <clears throat> but if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks as in her menstruation, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying for sixty-six days. And when the days of her purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her. Then she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law of her who bears a child, either male or female. And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. I don't know what to say about that. She's trying to longer for, for um, a girl. It's interesting. Let's, see, let's do chapter 13. <clears throat> Chapter 13. Laws about leprosy. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a person has on the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot, and it turns into a case of leprous disease on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of his sons the priest. And the priest shall examine the diseased area on the skin of his body. And if the hair in the diseased area has turned white, and the disease appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a case of leprous disease. When the priest has examined him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the spot is white in the skin of his body and appears no deeper than the skin, and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person for seven days, and the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And if in his eyes the disease is checked and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up for another seven days. And the priest shall... Oh, there's a car going by. There are motorcycles. There's a bunch of them. One, two, three, four... Eight motorcycles. They're all like Hondas, which is really weird. Yeah. Another 50 year olds going through a midlife crisis. And the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day, and if the diseased area has faded and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only an eruption. 
and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the eruption spreads in the skin, after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, he shall appear again before the priest. And the priest shall look, and if the eruption has spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous disease. When a man is afflicted with a leprous disease, he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall look. And if there is a white swelling in the skin that has turned the hair white, and there is raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic leprous disease in the skin of his body, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. And if the leprous disease breaks out of the skin, so the leprous disease covers all the skin of the diseased person from head to foot. So for, sorry, I'm reading too fast. So far as the priest can see, then the priest shall look, and if the leprous disease has covered all his body, he shall pronounce him clean of the disease. It has all turned white, and he is clean. But when raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall examine the raw flesh and pronounce him unclean. Raw flesh is unclean, for it is a leprous disease. But if the raw flesh covers and turns white again, then he shall come to the priest, and the priest shall examine him. And if the disease has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce the diseased person clean. He is clean. If there is in the skin of one's body a boil and it heals, and in the place of the boil there comes a white swelling, or a reddish-white spot, then it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall look, and if it appears deeper than the skin, and its hairs hair has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease that has broken out in the boil. But if the priest examines it, and there is no white hair in it, and it is not deeper than the skin, but is faded, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And if it spreads in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a disease. But if the spot remains in one place and does not spread, it is the scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Or when the body has a burn on it, skin, and its raw flesh of the burn becomes a spot, reddish, white, or white, the priest shall examine it. And if the hair on the spot is turned white and appears deeper than the skin, then it is a leprous disease. It has broken out in the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean in the... It is a case of leprous disease, but if the priest examines it, and there is no white hair in the spot, and it is no deeper than the skin, but is faded, the priest shall shut him up seven days, and the priest shall examine him the seventh day. If it is spreading in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a case of leprous disease. But if the spot remains in one place and does not spread on the skin, but is faded, it is a swelling from the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is a scar of the burn. When a man or a woman has a disease on the head of the beard, or has a disease on the head or the beard, the priest shall examine the disease. If it appears deeper than the skin, and the hair in it is yellow and thin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an itch, a leprous disease of the head or beard. <laughs> Excuse me. And if the priest examines the itching disease, and it appears no deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut up the person with the itching disease for seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the disease. If the itch is not spread, and there is no, and there is in it no yellow hair, and the itch appears to be no deeper than the skin, then he shall shave himself, but the itch he shall not shave. And the priest shall shut up the person with the itching disease for another seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the itch. And if the itch is not spread in the skin... Then the priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Uh, but if the itch spreads, let's see if, 
the itch spreads in the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall examine him. If the itch has spread in the skin, the priest need not seek for the yellow hair. He is unclean. But if in his eyes the itch is unchanged, and black hair has grown in it, the itch is healed, and he is clean, the priest shall pronounce him clean. When a man or woman has spots on the, on the skin of the body, white spots, the priest shall look. If the spots of the skin of the body are of a dull white, it is leucoderma that has broken out in the skin. He is clean. If a man's hair falls out from his head, he is bald. He is clean. <laughs> if a man's hair falls out from his forehead, he, he has baldness of the forehead. He is clean. If there, But if there is on the bald head or the bald forehead a reddish-white diseased area... It has a leprous disease breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. This is great. This is one of my favorite parts of this chapter. If you're bald, you're fine. If you're bald, you got some reddish stuff. Okay, maybe you're not clean. Then the priest shall examine him. If the disease swelling is reddish white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, like the appearance of leprous disease in the skin of the body, he's a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. His disease is on his head. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Oh, that's harsh. That is really harsh. My God, that's harsh. But I guess needed because, I mean, if I, it's it's contagious everybody gets it then I mean, it wipes a lot of people out so harsh but fair i guess when there's a case of leprous disease in a garment whether a woolen or linen garment in warp or woof of, it actually says in warp or woof of linen or wool or in a skin or in anything made of skin if the disease is greenish or reddish in the garment or in the skin or in the warp of the wood uh, of the woof or in any article made of skin it is a case of leprous disease, and it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall examine the disease and shut up that which has the disease for seven days. Then he shall examine the disease on the seventh day. If the disease has spread in the garment, in the warp of the woof, or in the skin, whatever be the use of the skin, the disease is persistent leprous disease. It is unclean. And he shall burn the garment, or the warp, or the woof, the wool, or the linen, or any article made of skin that is diseased, for it is a persistent leprous disease, it shall be burned in the fire. And if the priest examines, and if the disease has not spread in the garment, in the warp, or the woof, or any article made of skin, then the priest shall command that they wash the thing in which it is the disease, and he sh shall shut it up for another seven days. And the priest shall examine the diseased thing after it has been washed, and if the appearance of the diseased area has not changed, though the disease has not spread, it is unclean. You shall burn it in the fire, whether the rot is on the back or on the front. But if the priest examines, and if the diseased area has faded after it has been washed, he shall tear it out of the garment of the skin, and the warp, uh, or the skin, or the warp, or the woof. Then if it appears again in the garment, in the warp, or the woof, or in any article made of skin, it is spreading. You shall burn with fire whatever has disease, has the disease. But the garment, or the warp, or the woof, or any article made of the skin from which the disease departs, then you shall have washed it. Then you have washed it, shall then be washed a second time, and be clean. This is the law for a case of leprous disease in a garment of wool or linen, either in the warp, or the woof, or in any article made of skin, to determine whether it's clean or unclean. I would love to 
go further and do the Law of Cleansing Lepers for chapter 14. Maybe we just should. Let's see. It's 12.04 right now. And how... Let me see. Sorry, like dead air is like the worst... Like the worst type of podcasting, dead air. Just hear me doing nothing. I'm gonna roll the window down a little bit further. It is getting warmer. It's in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do chapter fourteen. Then we'll call it a day. It'll be a long one again. I apologize. Have a sip of this drink. It's Wednesday, so after this I'm going to drive home, maybe have some lunch, listen to your mom give a full report of what you guys did this morning or didn't do. Your mom, God bless her, found a dead possum underneath one of the swings. Evidently someone was eating cereal outside because it threw up a bunch of cereal on the only swing that I sit on. Usually after a long day I'll sit on the swing and... and, uh, Maybe sip some scotch, just recount the day. Just my way, one of my ways of relaxing. So that's on for now. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. Uh, it's funny, anyways. Back to chapter 14. Laws for cleansing lepers. Fascinating. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, this shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest and the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall look. Then if the case of the leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, the priest shall command them to take for him, who is to be cleansed, two live clean birds, and cedar wood, and scarlet yarn, and hyssop. What is hyssop? It's a note earlier on. And dip... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that whole verse 6 again. He shall take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them in the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. He shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed of the leprous disease. Then he shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into the open field. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe himself in water and he shall be clean. And after that he may come into the camp but live outside his tent seven days. And on the seventh day he shall shave off all his hair from his head, his beard and his eyebrows. He shall shave off all his hair, and then he shall wash his clothes and bathe in his body in water, and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two male lambs without blemish, and one ewe lamb a year old without blemish, and a grain offering of the three tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, and one log of oil. And the priest who cleanses him shall set the man who is to be cleansed in these things before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And the priest shall take one of the male lambs and offer it for a guilt offering, along with the log of oil, and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall kill the lamb in the place where they kill the sin offering, and the burnt offering in the place of the sanctuary. For the guilt offering, like the sin offering, belongs to the priest. It is most holy. The priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering, and the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it 
into the palm of his own left hand, and the dip and dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, and sprinkle some oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. And some of the oil that remains in his hand, the priest shall put on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand. And top of the and the rest, thumb his right hand to be big toe on top of the blood of the guilt offering. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand shall be put on the head of him who is to be cleansed. Then the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. The priest shall offer the sin offering to make atonement for him who is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And afterward he shall kill the burnt offering, and the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him, and he shall be clean. But if he is poor and cannot afford so much, then he shall take one male lamb for a guilt offering to be waived to make atonement for him, and a tenth of an ephah of the fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, and a log of oil, also two turtle doves or two pigeons, whichever he can afford. The one shall be a sin offering, and the other a burnt offering, and on the eighth day he shall bring them for his cleansing to the priest to the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord. And the priest shall take the lamb of the guilt offering and the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord, and he shall kill the lamb of the guilt offering. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the right and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand, and shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in the left hand seven times before the Lord. And the priest shall put some of the oil that is in his hand on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, in the place where the blood of the guilt offering was put. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed, to make atonement for him before the Lord. And he shall offer of the turtle doves of pigeons, whichever he can afford, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering, along with a grain offering. And the priest shall make atonement before the Lord for him who is to be cleansed. This is the law for him uh, in whom a case of leprous disease who cannot afford the offerings for his cleansings. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, and I put a case of leprous disease in a house in the land of your possession, then, then he who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, There seems to me to be some case of disease in my house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes to examine the disease, lest all that is in the house be declared unclean. And afterward the priest shall go in to see the house. He shall examine the disease. And if the disease is in the walls of the house with greenish and reddish spots, and if it appears to be deeper than the surface, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house for seven days. And the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look. If the disease has spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take out the stones with which, in which is the disease and throw them into an unclean place outside the city. And he shall have inside the house scraped all around, and the plaster that they scrape off they shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones. And he shall take other plaster and plaster the house. If the disease breaks out again in the house, after he has taken out the stones and scraped the house and plastered it, then the priest shall go and look, and if the disease has spread in the house, it is a persistent leprous disease in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, its stones and timber, and all the plaster of the house, and shall carry them out of the city to an unclean place. 
Moreover, whoever enters the house while it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever sleeps in the house shall wash his clothes, and whoever eats in the house shall wash his clothes. But if the priest comes and looks, and if the disease has not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, for the disease is healed. And for the cleansing of the house he shall take two small birds with cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop, and shall kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over the fresh water, and shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet yarn along with the live bird and dip them in the blood of the bird that was killed and in the fresh water and sprinkle the house seven times. Thus he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the fresh water and with the live bird and with the cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet yarn. And he shall let the bird live. He shall let the, the live bird go out of the city into the open country. So he shall make atonement for the house and it shall be clean. This is the law for any case of leprous disease, for an itch, for leprous disease in a garment or in a house, and for a swelling or an eruption of, or a spot to show when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law for the leprous disease. I'll stop there. It's been a hard few days. Uh, I, I should have been recording more, but but I um, but you know life gets in the way, and that's a terrible excuse. By the way, you, you should always want to read the Bible. In fact, the more I read it, the more I want to read it. It almost becomes like this healthy addiction, and I want to read it more and more. And and uh, you know, I'll I'll end with this. Sometimes it's hard to live for the kingdom and the king. I love you all. Love you all.